The Limerick Choral Union is an oratorio and community choir under the baton of Malcolm Green. For any amateur group to scale the heights of the choral repertoire, as we hear in this performance of Verdi's Requiem, there must be hard work, dedication and regular attendance at weekly rehearsals. Okay, so, you're all ready to do an exercise. The idea of this exercise, on the word smile, we literally smile, so we use these resonances. And then, of course, at the end of the sound, where do you change the smile to that last little bit? That's right at the end of the sound. So here we go. So lots of smiling. We, we regularly sing two concerts a year at the University Concert Hall. We have a phenomenal following. Very loyal supporters, they come along whatever we're singing. Even when we're singing not the most popular works, they will be there encouraging us. Malcolm Green has been conducting the Limerick Choral Union since 1996. We heard the choir warming up there during one of its weekly rehearsals in Limerick City Centre. It's a large choir with 130 members. Some members come from Tipperary, from Ennis, even from West Clare. Because there's, there's really, uh, this is the only oratorio choir in this part of Munster. Uh, so there's great enthusiasm uh, from the members. And I think really what keeps it gelling together so well is that over the years there's such friendship that's been formed. And there's a great team spirit. Even though Malcolm has been conducting the Limerick Choral Union for over 20 years, he is a relative latecomer when compared with some of the longer standing members. There's a significant number in the choir that have been there from, from, for many years, sometimes 40 years. Three members have been there since the beginning, 50, 53 years. I mean, what an achievement. And they still come every Wednesday evening and they're in the concerts. Union made that live recording of Beethoven's Missa Solemnis in 2016. Given the very demanding nature of that music, I asked Malcolm what he expects from members when they first join the choir. Well, the crucial factor is they have to be able to sing in tune. They have to be able to hold a note in pitch. They don't have to be able to read music. That, that's uh, not part of the requirement of being in the choir. I'm often amazed how they soon pick it up. They, ha they all have their own score. It, it's uh, remarkably quick how they, they get into reading the words, listening carefully. The dedication, the work that goes on behind the scenes for each member of the choir is just wonderful. There's a phenomenal team spirit, a support system. They help each other. They they practice together and they do learn the work it's very carefully structured each week they have homework to practice but they all do it and they know that if they don't this they're wasting their time so there's an incredible commitment and it's thanks to that commitment that the standard is main being maintained and improved upon 
every year. As well as their regular weekly rehearsals in Limerick City, the choir also enjoys an annual residential weekend in an out-of-town venue. Every year the choir goes away for a residential weekend of intense rehearsing. We start early Saturday morning, we get six or seven hours rehearsing done, another few hours on the Sunday, which really helps us get on top of the work. The, we also include a, a day rehearsal, uh, intense sectionals working together, and this has become part of the choir calendar and absolutely necessary for the, to maintain the standard of performance that we're achieving. I asked Malcolm about the other works that the choir has sung under his directorship. In the last few years, uh, Starbuck Marta, Rossini, Choral Fantasia by Beethoven, Puccini, Master Gloria, Haydn Creation, Foray Requiem, Karl Orff, Carmina Burana, we've done that twice, Handel Messiah, Vivaldi Gloria, Vivaldi Magnificat, Handel Zadok the Priest, Mendelssohn Elijah, Gourneau, Master Solonel de Saint Cecilia, Zadok the Priest, Dettingham Te Deum, Verdi Requiem, Brahms Requiem. Over the years we have collaborated a number of times with Mary Immaculate College Choir, the most recent performance was Mendelssohn Elijah, where Dr. Gareth Cox conducted the concert. So how does the choir strike a balance between the established works in its repertoire and new works that might prove challenging for the choir itself and also for its loyal audience? The trust has developed from between the choir and myself. And in the last few years, we've been tackling really very difficult works. And that really came to a, a, a pinnacle last year when we did the Beethoven Mises Solemnis, an incredibly testing piece for the choir. Very difficult to sing, but they managed it. We have the recording to prove it, and it's fantastic. Along with that, we every two years we, we sing Handel's Messiah. That's become a stable part of our repertoire. Limerick audiences expect to hear it. I'm sure they'd like to hear it every year but we do it every two years. And by doing that every two years, that allows us longer time to prepare for the second concert, which is always in Easter. So this coming September, we'll, we'll be doing Messiah at Christmas, but I will be starting on the work which we're doing next May, which happens to be the biggest challenge yet for the choir, Bach B minor. Music on this scale is expensive. The cost of buying or hiring the musical scores would put a big dent in any budget. Someone has to manage all this and more. We have a, a wonderful committee which are incredibly dedicated and have a vast array of skills. We have business people on, on the committee that run their own businesses that bring that acumen to, to, to the running of the choir because it is a very much financially based when we put on these concerts they can cost anything up to 20,000 so it's an enormous undertaking and has to be planned very carefully otherwise the choir would go into debt we don't get any sponsorship from the Arts Council because we're an amateur group so everything that we we put on has to be self-financed self-promoted Although based in Limerick, where she conducts a number of choral groups, Maura Kiri Scanlon is one of the most respected choral directors in the country. 
Here in Limerick, I direct Kentet Children's Choir. They would be children of boys and girls ages 9 to 16. Then I take uh, the County Limerick Youth Choir. That would be uh, an SATB choir from age 16 or 17 up to 28. I have Shoda, Shoda Chamber Choir. That's an SSA Women's Choir. Then there's the, the Limerick Chamber Choir. Uh, that is a relatively new choir of, and again an SATB choir but they'd be all people that I have worked with before. Um, I'm also musical director with Limerick Musical Society and I take the World Academy Choir out in the World Academy out in the University of Limerick. I asked Maura how she came to direct a wide variety of choral groups. So when I started Cantet it wasn't in my mind to take an older choir. In fact Shoda was started maybe a few years after that Almost by accident, that was meant to be just a group of friends getting together to go on a choral trip. The County Limerick Youth Choir then set up in, uh, that would actually have been 2017, that was set up as an initiative of the um, County Arts Office. So what has happened really in between is that it has become like an organic uh, process where the cantet feeds into the County Limerick Youth Choir. And from the County Limerick Youth Choir, so many of them have gone on to the the National, uh, the Irish Youth Choir, um, maybe to sing with other choirs. I know that there's one member who's actually singing with the Chamber Choir Ireland. I asked Maura to reflect on the changes in choral repertoire that she has witnessed over the last two decades. The repertoire over the years has probably changed a little bit. Um, I think what I use myself, um, I would still go back to a lot of the old music that I used to use at the start. Um, I remember maybe in the early years doing uh, music like the prayer from the opera Hansel and Gretel by Engelbert Humperdinck, um, but I'd still do that. But in the meantime, I think the choral, choral music in general has really started to, to come to the fore in all over the world, but hugely in, in Ireland and very much in Limerick, um, because even when Kentet started out, there were very few choirs around Limerick um, in that line outside of the school and the church environment. So, um, but now... So a lot more composers are writing for children. Bob Chilcott would be would come to mind straight away. Um, he writes really great music for adults as well as for children. But his his um, his arrangements and that for children are very good. Doreen Rao would be another person that whose music I would use a lot and whose arrangements and she compiles books particularly for um, that age group for younger children. When it comes to choral training, I often like to compare music with sport. Sports coaches must be careful to encourage young athletes to reach their potential without injuring themselves. Coaching children's voices equally requires a high degree of expertise so as to strike the balance between achieving great results while never causing vocal damage or turning people against music. At the start of the year, I suppose I try and start with something fairly simple maybe two-part, um, they do unison singing as well and I'm coming around a little bit more to, to doing more unison singing because it's such a vital part of, of blending. Um, there's one particular song called Shiru by Alan Naplan. It's from the Dorian Rao collection and every 
uh, choir member of Cantet has learned Shiru. So it's written for two voices, for two treble voices, but hopefully I'll maybe get a four-part arrangement for the, the 2018 celebrations. Um, and they all really love this because it's fast, it's vibrant, and they love the fact that they're singing in this unusual language, or to their ear it's an unusual language. And it's called Shiru, which means sing, so it's from the word go, it's joyful and uplifting. Choral singing is a deeply enriching experience for many reasons. And the old cliché that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts is as true of choral singing as it is of any team sport. Self-discipline is so important in, in, choir, in all choirs. It doesn't apply just to the children. I would be still drumming that into the adult choirs as well, maybe more so. Um, I try and bring that in from the word go with, the, with warm-ups. We'd always do warm-ups at the very start. Um, just how they sit, how they stand. It's a really good discipline, it's a training so that their voice sounds better, that they will be standing better, that they, they learn to watch me very young, from a young age, so that hopefully they would go on and always be singing. You can always sing in a choir right up to your 90s. Ireland has witnessed a proliferation of choral activity in recent decades, and anyone who has sung in a choir of whatever description will echo Maura's words here. Choral singing is... It's very unique, I think, in a lot of ways. You've got the, in, in solo singing, it is very much you and your voice. In the choral setting, it's a group of people coming to sing one piece of work, whether it's in one part or 17 parts. It's all of these people coming together. Um, choral singing is demanding physically. I mean, it is like a physical workout in so many ways because you have to, to keep stamina going right through. One of the advantages of singing in a choir is that you don't have to be a wonderful singer. You don't have to have loads of experience. There's a sense of belonging. There's a sense of everybody working on the same piece, of everybody trying to send the same message as a group. And I think even from the audience point of view, you are getting a message carried to you through the music from a group of people who are now in one mind and in one thought and getting the one message across. I'm Dermot O'Callaghan, I'm Chief Executive of the Association of Irish Choirs and we're the national organisation uh, charged with the development of uh, choral practice and we do that in many ways. We're the, uh, we have three main functions. Uh, one is as the network and the resource and training organisation for all of the choirs in the country. Um, secondly, we also have uh, a responsibility to upskill and to train choral conductors and uh, finally youth choral development is an area we're centrally involved in. The Association of Irish Choirs is based in the University of Limerick and has a national remit. The association is primarily funded through uh, generous support from the Arts Council of Ireland um, and in that we are the body and the resource organisation that they've identified for the development of choral practice. As a national organisation, the Association of Irish Choirs engages not only with groups from different locations around the country, but also supports a wide variety of choirs. 
There are large choral societies, there are youth choirs, there are children's choirs, there are choirs for people who suffer with uh, dementia, with, uh, you know, survivors of cancer. Um, so many different settings. Uh, indeed, very high profile recently was the choirs uh, for homeless people and how that had changed their lives. So really, the numbers of choirs we're involved in and the type of practice is so different than it might have been many years ago. Dermot told me about one of the great choral institutions in this country. The, the Irish Youth Choir has been functioning now for over, uh, since 1982 and um, thousands of young people have gone through uh, its doors and have benefited from the incredible training you can get as part of the Irish Youth Choir. In 2014 we also formed the Irish Youth Training Choir which is for a younger age group for 14 to 17 year olds whereas the um, main Irish Youth Choir is for 18 to 28 in fact which is bringing us in line with sort of a European average on what is considered youth. The extent of choral singing in Ireland has not gone unnoticed internationally. So quantifying the number of people involved in choral singing in Ireland is something that uh, actually is part of a, a broader study that was undertaken by the European Choral Association recently. And based on their data, they, they have presented that between 5 and 6% of the Irish population are involved in singing. Now, that may be in school, but it also can be in, in the various choirs they're involved in. So those statistics, I think, really show um, how, it's, how choral singing is central to, to what uh, people do on a regular basis. I think it's also really interesting to say that uh, the numbers, these statistics, when it's compared to how many people are involved in football. So more people are involved in singing than are involved in uh, football. And who would have thought that? Oh.